Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Thank you for joining the church, and we love you very much. We consider everyone so precious here. We are looking forward to the years to come. To serve the Lord together, and I believe that you will be blessed in this house, and God will continue to build you up to be the servant of the Lord. Amen. Pastor Dan, I always pray for you and love you and appreciate your commitment to the local church here. And today, I like to talk about the local church, talk about our vision here, and I like to read the scripture from Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Matthew 16:18, and I also say to you. That you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. This is the word of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. He says, "I will build my church." He did not say, "I may build my church," or "I kind of thinking about building my church," but he said, "I will." And I learned the English language that when you say "I will," it means that you really mean it. What you're g o i n g to do? Jesus wants to build His church in this generation. If we participate and cooperate with Him, He will be very pleased with us, because that is His will. In the same way, when Pastor Da wants to do something, and I participate with her. It makes her happy, and happy wife, happy life, happy Jesus, happy life as well, because He's going to give a special favor and special blessing to those who participate in building local churches. Building the local churches is the core desire in the heart of God. In fact, this church was not. Birth by man's idea at all. I became a Christian in Thailand. Actually, I was a Buddhist, very devout Buddhist, and anti-Christian when I was a young boy and a young man. Until around 1980, that somebody told me about the Bible, that the Bible is the word of God. It was definitely inspired by God. I went to join a Bible study that taught me about many, many. Evidences to prove that the Bible is the Word of God. I'm a scientist. I'm a neurosurgeon by background, so I like to see evidences. And when I joined that Bible study and found archaeological, scientific, and historical and life experience and all these evidences to prove that the Bible is the Word of God, I yielded to the Word and started to study about the life of Jesus. And I became a Christian. I gave my life to Jesus 32 years ago. And at that time, I was a new believer. I did not know much, but the only thing I know, I'm so hungry for God. I'm so glad that I came back home to know Jesus Christ. I moved to another city, which was on the east part of Thailand. At that time, I was the only educated man in that church. The rest are farmers, and the Lord told me to help that church. So I. Told the Southern Baptist missionary that I and Pastor Da would like to help to build this church. The church was small, maybe about 10 people. So we participated, and the Lord began to use me to teach and preach in that church as a lay pastor, even though I was quite new in the church and new to the kingdom of God. But it was so clear that God gave me the gift and anointing to be pastor and teacher. So I was participating. In building that Southern Baptist Church for three years, then I moved to the U.S. and the goal to move to the U.S. is to get the second training to become a board-certified neurosurgeon in America. By the grace of God, he performed a miracle that the University of Washington accepted me into the program for only one year without pay, without salary. They did not have budget for a foreign doctor. I got into the university. Why I was in the university, the Lord provided for me, and He began to talk to me 
by around the end of 1987. Every night before I went to bed, I heard the voice from the Lord. Every night, when my head touched the pillow, I heard the voice. He called me my nickname, Mum. Could you please take care of my people in this city? Because there are so many people, so many Christians in this city that are not taken care of, even though they may go to church. When I heard that voice, I said, "No way, I cannot do it," because I was on call every day. I was working so hard. I have to wake up at 5 a.m. and come home by 11 p.m. I could not even see my wife that much at that time. I said, "No way, I could not do this job. I just want to go to American church and just want to evangelize and get people into the kingdom. I don't want to be involved in any type of leadership." But the voice came to me. For one whole month, every night I heard the voice, "Mom, could you please take care of my people?" And after one month, I say, "Okay, Lord, I could not disobey you." I say, "Okay, I will take care of your people, but I don't know what to do next." Right after I say yes, a godly man from Thailand came to visit us here. He was anointed to be an apostle. He planted hundreds of churches in Thailand. He came to visit us here and encouraged both of us to start a church in Seattle. When he told me and Pastor Da that word of encouragement, I knew in my heart right away that this is what the Lord wants us to do because He already told us to take care of God's people. So we started a church without any background of how to start a church in America. We started the church in our own home basement. We did not have even a pulpit. I need to put a table and have a chair, flip it around, put a cloth on, and put my sermon on that flip table because I I did not have anything to preach. And Pastor Dad was leading worship, and we did not even know how to do the charismatic church, anything like that. We just obey the Lord. And I have to admit to you that when I say yes to start the church, I was so scared. Because I was trained to be a surgeon, I did not train to be a pastor. But the Lord spoke to me, "Son, don't worry, I will help you." So we started from nothing in the basement. We did not know much, but we just taught what we know. Actually, I did not come and preach like this. I come up and I read the sermon. I was reading the sermon because I did not know how to preach like this at that time. The Lord was so gracious; He brought in people until the house was full. And then we moved to Seattle Pacific University. We moved to a nursing home, moved to the hotel. We keep moving and moving, and the church kept growing slowly. But we struggled because I was a new pastor. I did not know much. I did not even know American culture. I did not even know how to build a church in America. So we were struggling. And at that time, the only thing we learned is that we learned how to make disciples. So when people came to church, we just kept them. In the house for all day, disciple them. They could not go home. They come in the morning. They have to stay in the afternoon, and we taught them again until 9 p.m. Then they could go home. We just make disciple. That first generation was very tough because the pastor did not let people go home. <laughs> you are in the different generation now. So the church kept growing slowly, but we were struggling because the church was so dry. The church did not have much of the Holy Spirit, even though I and Pastor Da were filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. But we did not understand much about the Holy Spirit. We were struggling, trying to build a church. Not much signs and wonders, and we are tired. We are very exhausted. Until around 1996, when the Lord began to show us, I began to cry out to God that there's something missing in the church. Something missing. I cry now to God. God, there must be something that I did not have. That's why the church struggled. Our marriage relationship was struggling as well. Even though we were so sincere, we love God, we preach the word, we are in the word, we train disciple, but the church was still struggling until 1995, when the Lord spoke to me. Actually, God sent a preacher from Australia. His name is Pastor Richard Holland. He was 72 years old. He came to the camp 
church camp, and he was moving in the Holy Spirit. God touched people, and the Lord spoke to me. This is what you lack. You lack the fire of God. You lack the move of the Spirit in the church. Since that time, I began to fly and was seeking the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I spent hundred thousand of dollars. To fly, to stay in the hotel, to go one week at a time, get soaked in the Holy Spirit, learn about the Holy Spirit, and after a few years, I began to understand about walking with the Spirit of God. The church started to change into the new dimension, into the new era that God is moving in the church. People get saved easily. People get set free from demons and. And the spirit of the church was totally changed after we allowed the Holy Spirit to move. Then we become the church that both the Word and the Spirit, one thousand percent. But at the beginning, at the building the church, we were trained to plant churches because we are in the movement that love to plant churches. So we planted church in California, in Japan, in. Different city in America because we were responsible for the U.S. and a certain area. We plant churches, and we have learned how to plant churches all these years, and we still want to plant churches because the Bible say that I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So the vision of this church from the beginning, when God called me to start the church. In 1987, is to build the house of God. Is to take care of God's people. That's why I try to remember all of your names. That's why I care about: Are you growing or not? Are you a disciple or not? How are you doing? I really care about the members because that is the original calling of my life: is to take care of God's people, and which mean. Gather them together to start a local church. The local church is the will of Jesus Christ, and definitely in taking care of God's people, the church should be a family. God wants His church to be a family, so we build His church as a family of God, the house of God. And every church that we planted in the world, we encourage them to be families, to have relationship. As a family in the church, all of these things that I share in the past ten minutes is a demonstration of the love of God. God loves you so much. You're not sitting here by accident. You sit here because God loves you. He loved you so much that He knocked on the door of a neurosurgeon, a man who was willing to respond to the call of God and say yes to Him to be a pastor. And to learn, even though I make mistakes, but all this year I learn and I grow. As I learn and I grow, you learn and you grow with me. A family grow together. You now, when you first get married, you don't know everything, but you learn and you grow together to become a strong family. The Lord loves people. That's why He wants to build a local church. That's why God put everybody in a family. You notice that the. Basic institution in the world is a natural family. Many family came together to become a city. Many city come together and become a nation. So the most basic institution in the world is the family. God is the one who institute or establish the first family in the world, Adam and Eve. And He even said to Adam and Eve, "I bless you." Go multiply and fill the earth, and the church is like a family too. We come together as a, as a family. Actually, the scripture gave us a lot of picture of the family in the church. For example, Ephesians chapter five verse thirty-one: For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. In verses. Twenty-two and twenty-three, wives submit to your own husbands, as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and He is the Savior of the body. 
Ephesians 5 talk about husband and wife, a man and a woman get married and started a family. The family starts when a husband and a wife join together. The Bible says, become one flesh. It means no divorce. It become one together. What is the picture of becoming one flesh? It's a picture of commitment. Then verses 22 and 23 talk about the wife and the husband relationship compared to the church to Jesus Christ. So the church should be committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Family is about commitment. I mentioned last Sunday, if somebody tells you, I love you, but there is no commitment, there is no love. Have you ever heard people say, I love you, I need you, you do so good to me, you help me, you do good to me, I love you, I cannot live without you. That is not a true love because it means you do good to me. If you don't do good to me, I stop loving you. Is that right? But the true love to Jesus means even though he doesn't do good to us, we still love him. We still be committed to him. Commitment is the characteristic of a family. When I walked into the aisle with Pastor Da to get married with her 30-something years ago in a Catholic church, I make a commitment to live with this woman for the rest of my life. And I promise myself and promise God that I will never cheat her, I will never walk away from her, up and down, the time of good, the time of bad, sickness or health, poor or rich, we're going to be together. It's a commitment. So I'm committed to my wife. I'm committed to my family. I will never desert my kids, Paul, Joy, and Tanida, and my grandkids and my in-laws. We are committed family. Why? Because we learn to commit to Jesus Christ first. That commitment flow into the natural family. In fact, the characteristic of the spiritual family, the church, are the same as the characteristic of the natural family. That's why if you are trained well in the church, in the spiritual way, you're going to have a successful family. Because you use the same principle in the church, in the family as well. Amen? The church is about commitment. We commit our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul say in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. God is a God of jealousy. He doesn't want you to love other things more than Him. I promise you to one husband. Right now, the church is engaged to a groom, one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to Him. We are engaged to Jesus. We commit to Jesus. And one day when Jesus comes back, we're going to have a grand ceremony of spiritual marriage. We're going to have a big celebration. And we need to get ready to be a pure virgin, holy bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are getting ready to meet Jesus Christ. We commit our life to Jesus and we will love Him more than money, more than the world. We will be committed to Him. And even Satan and demon try to cause us to walk away. We say, no, 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 no. I'm going to be committed to Jesus only. And the spirit of commitment flow into the family of God, into the local church. That we are committed to one another. I and Pastor Da make a decision. As long as you are here, Definitely, if you are called to go to another church, we cannot force you and we will not be upset with you because people have choices to go to any church they want to. We are not for everybody in this house. I'm not a coffee cup for everybody. Somebody may like my preaching, somebody may not like my preaching. That's okay. There are so many great preachers in this city and so many great churches in this city that you can go to. But if you're called to be here, we make a decision as a pastor that we will never desert you or we will never walk away from you. We're going to be here with you because we are committed to you. As long as you're here, we are committed to you. Amen. It's a mutual commitment. You commit, I commit. 
we commit to each other. Pastor Dan, I am not the higher pastors. When we say higher pastor, what I mean is that if some churches give me a bigger salary, I will say bye bye to the church. I need to get promotion and go to the next level of my income. So I'm gonna move to another church in another city because they give me a bigger package and bigger salary. I'm not that type. I'm here because I'm a father, and a father will not desert the family. Up or down, we cry so many times in this church. We're still here. We fail many times. We are still here. Up and down, we're gonna stay with the members because we are committed. Amen. And that spirit should be in the whole church. That we're gonna be committed to Jesus together, and we're gonna be committed to one another. We're gonna forgive one another and stay together as long as God call you to be here. I think the key, God need to call you to be here. Amen. That's why when I I like this uh, phrase, wife submit to your own husband as to the Lord. What it mean is. We are here because of the Lord, because the Lord called you to be in this house, and we're gonna build the church together. The vision is to build a holy bride, getting ready to meet Jesus, and not just this bride, but we're gonna build other churches as well. We have built so many churches in California. Also, we start another group in Las Vegas this month. We already have a church in. Arizona, in Japan, and Thailand, we believe in building the house of God, and as we commit together to the same vision, is to build a family of God all over the world. Remember, God said to Adam and Eve, "You come together, have kids, multiply, and fill the earth." When God said that to Adam and Eve, it means two things: number one, numerical expansion. It means they will have a lot of kids to fill the earth, and also it means spiritual expansion, because God put them in the Garden of Eden, and in that Garden of Eden they were blessed, no lack, no sickness, no disease, blessing, 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 the original blessing that Abraham got. God say you're gonna expand not only the numbers of your kids around the world. But you're gonna expand the Garden of Eden around the world. That's why we believe that when we go to a city, we're gonna expand the numbers of believers there, and that church gonna be the Garden of Eden of this generation. People who join the church shall be blessed, shall experience the blessing of Abraham. You were sick before you came here; you will be healed. You were poor before you came here. You shall be prosperous. Before you came here, your family was broken down. Your family will be restored. Things gonna get better. That's why we're gonna have the marriage class this afternoon. The pastor Da gonna teach, and I encourage husband and wife in this room and those who want to get married to really join the class because we want to see strong families in the church. The Bible talking about unity. When we live together in unity, I like what the Bible say in Psalm chapter 133. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon. Descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there, where is there, the place, the church, the family, the group of people that has unity together, the Lord commanded the blessing and life forevermore. When we stay together in this church with the same vision that God gave to us. God gave the vision to the pastor to build the church, to take care of God's people, to multiply, to bring souls in. You participate. You go along with the vision that God gave to the pastor. I have a vision from God here. 
If you go to another church, they may have another vision. They have different vision for me. I have different vision from them. God gave them a different vision. For me, I'm a local church pastor. Our vision is to build a local church, and we will build local churches around the world that we will multiply to fill the earth with the Garden of Eden, the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the numbers of believers, the numbers of disciples around the world. Amen. So that is our vision: to spread the fire, to build a church, to build a church that is so pure and holy, and become. The beautiful holy bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember one day when I was standing in the locker room at Overlake Hospital. I was changing my clothes after finishing the surgery all day long. Suddenly, the presence of God showed up in that locker room, and I began to cry because the presence of of God was so strong. I'm glad no other surgeon around there, because I felt the presence of God and I was a little bit shaking. And the Lord spoke to me, "My son, can you do one thing for me?" And I said, "Yes, Lord." He said, "Could you please prepare a holy bride to meet me when I come back? Make sure that the church you built will be a holy bride, the church that will abstain herself from sin, from demonic things, not loving the world but love Jesus." With all her heart, the church is called her or she, because it's compared to the bride, and that is the vision that God gave to me. The goal, the purpose of this church, is to take care of God's people, build them up, to become strong disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. They will be strong, and if they move to another city, they can build another church there. So many people, so many Thai members who came to this church as a student, Thai students. They got trained here for a few years. I give you example. Toy went back to Chiang Mai, north part of Thailand. Now he's building the church in the north part of Thailand, together with the team there. The student that come by here, and after they finish training, they will move on to another city to start. The bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to multiply and fill the earth with the Garden of Eden. And some of you, God may send you to another city. Some of you may go back to China. Some of you may go back to Taiwan. So we want to see the Garden of Eden in Taiwan, in China. And if you build the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the family of God there, God will take care of you. I don't worry about starting small. Because I started from a few people in my house, it will grow if we don't give up. Amen. If we do the right thing, the church will have the right foundation, and people in the church will be healthy and strong. Amen. So the church or the house of God is the will of God, and we want to build the church. In Psalm chapter 127, verse three, sons are the heritage from the Lord; children a reward from Him. Proverbs twenty-two verse six: Train a child in the way he should do, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Proverbs twenty-nine verse seventeen: Discipline your son, and he will give you peace, and he will bring delight to your soul. When we talk about the church as a family, God said that children are the heritage or the blessing from God. I'm so glad. That God gave me and Pastor Da three children, Tanida, Joy, and Paul, and now we have two grandchildren. Every time we look at them, we think that this is the fruit from heaven. This is the blessing from heaven that we can have children together. But it doesn't stop just only to deliver a baby, come out and where, 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 and give milk to the baby. But the process start. What is the process? The process of training, teaching, disciplining, correcting, so that there will be a man and a woman of God who will walk with God in the right way. In the natural family, we must train our children. I remember a few days ago, our granddaughter acted up at night. She did not want to say sorry to her babysitter. Tanida put her in the room. 
and say you will not come out until you say sorry to the babysitter. Actually, when I heard she cried and cried and cried in the room, my, my heart was really melted and disturbed that I don't want to see her cry. But at the same time, the Lord spoke to me: My granddaughter need to be disciplined, need to grow up as a woman of God that know what is right to do and what is wrong not to do. So Tanida did the right thing. She disciplined her daughter, and eventually, after fighting back and forth. For almost half an hour, <laughs> she tried to come out. She was put back in the room and locked the door. And she come out again. She was put in the room and say, "You will not come out until you say sorry." Eventually, she came out and looked at the eyes of the babysitter and say, "I am sorry. I should not talk like that to you." Discipline, correction, training, and teaching the church as a family. We need to have teaching, training, correction, and discipline. Otherwise, the kids will go wild. God's children will never grow without teaching and training and correction. Amen. That's why sometimes the sermon is on more on the correction side, not just encouraging you all the time. Sometimes you need to hear some strong sermon of correction, and sometimes you may hear. The phone call from the pastor. When Pastor Da call you, her voice is very soft. Hello, how are you doing? Can I meet you? But when she meets you, <laughs> you may hear the word of correction, because otherwise you will be spoiled and never grow up. No, no, the saddest thing in the world. As a believer, when I first came to the U.S. in 1985, I saw so many Christians at Harborview Hospital, including some doctors, who act like a baby Christian, and really, really stumble non-believers. They act weird. They say wrong word. They are selfish, and they claim themselves to be a Christian, and they go to church. And when I saw that, I understand why now. Many American people don't want to have do anything with the church because so many spoiled and so many untrained Christians in America because they come to hear just a nice message for 15 minutes and go home, and no one there to touch them and correct them and and say some word to them that say, "Hey, wake up! You, this is wrong. You should not do this." If the church doesn't do that, the members will stay babies. And stay immature forever, and that cause damage to the body of Christ, and make non-believers not want to come to church. So our church will teach you, train you, correct you, discipline you, call you in. I hope you will not get upset if we correct you. Why so quiet today? <laughs> no one say Amen out loud around here. In fact, correction is a sign of love. Amen. Correction is a sign of love, and we need to be corrected sometime. We need to be dealt with sometime. God even corrected me many times. Everyone say training, teaching, correction. Ephesians chapter four verses eleven to thirteen, and He Himself gave some to be apostles. Some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, mean the church, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to become a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God anoints some to be pastor, teachers, apostle, prophet, and evangelist. What is that job? Is to train you, equip you, correct you, build you up to be mature in Christ Jesus. This is what the Lord speak to me all the time. How should I behave? This is personal, but I want to teach you. How should I behave 
in my life. When I go to the hospital, when I pray for people, when I give counseling to people, when I respond to my patients, when the nurse yell at me, how should I respond? Very simple. Do what Jesus did. When people see you, they will see Jesus. Amen. I never see Jesus walk around and when he pray for people, he slap on people. Jesus is so gentle. He lay hand and say healed, and then done. He's very gentle. He's very joyful. The Bible says that he was so full of the oil of gladness. He's a joyful son of God. He's very gentle. He's very committed. He was very faithful. So everything you do, you ask yourself, "Do I do like Jesus? Are you a joyful person, or you always have very long face and very religious and critical? You look around and criticize all the time in your head. No one may not know about it because you never say it, but in your mind you criticize." You judge, you're so unhappy, and you act religious like the Pharisees. Don't be like the Pharisees. We need to be like Jesus, joyful, happy, loving, and pray by faith. No religious in the church. Amen. We need to be like Jesus, and I want to promise you, I and Pastor Da will do our best to be example to you to be like Jesus. We're gonna treat you. The same way Jesus treated you, we promise God we want to be a good example as a pastor and teachers in this church, because I want you to become like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let me read one more scripture and I will conclude this sermon. In Psalm chapter sixty-eight, verse six, God sets the lonely in families. First Timothy chapter five, verse eight. If anyone does not provide for his relative and especially for his own immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. The Bible talk about the family here, that we need to take care of our own family. I go out to work hard to bring money into my family, so that my wife can pay bills. My wife can. Have money to pay for the food, provision, taking care of the family. God put the lowly in the families. Why? Because God want His people. He love people so much that His people will be taken care of. You see the picture. That's why God started this church. God started this church not because Pastor Lau need a job, need a salary. No, I don't need this job. I already have a good job. God started this church because God loves you who are lonely and who need help. Yeah. Romans chapter twelve verses ten to eleven: Be devoted to one another in brotherly love, honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Hebrews chapter six verse ten: God is not unjust; He will not forget your work. The love you have shown him as you help people and continue to help them. As a family of God, we need to take some responsibility and help each other. I and Pastor Da are so proud of our kids. They help us. They help us cook, clean the house, take the garbage out, set dinner for us, do. Our kids are wonderful kids. Paul, Joy, Tanida—they all help the parents in every way. They pull down the Christmas tree. I was so tired from surgery, lack of sleep. I could not do it. I, I was lying on the couch. All of them pull the Christmas tree down to help Pastor Da. They have responsibility. As a member of the church, when you come in. You need to devote yourself. God say that I will never forget what you have done for my people. Amen. And He say I will reward you. I will help you. I will bless you. When you come in, you pull up your sleeve. You find your gifts. You find your calling. Get involved. 
and serve and serve one another, help one another in the church. It's not just one way. Serve me, serve me, serve me. It's your responsibility. This is a wrong idea, okay? Let me explain to you. This is a wrong idea of the church today. Pastor, you get paid. You are the pastor. You are paid to serve me. That is totally unbiblical idea. My job, yes, I served you, but in a different way. My job is to train you to serve one another. I'm the trainer. I'm a coach. Yes, I served you by training you, teaching you, show example to you. But the attitude should be, I'm going to be trained to serve one another and to minister to one another and bless one another. I'm going to take some responsibility in the church. I'm not going to come in and sit and eat free food. You know, you go to a hotel, you sleep in the bed, you get up, you don't have to make a bed. You just walk out. That's hotel. You get into the restaurant, you eat, and all the junk on the floor, everything that your kids' food just drop on the floor, on the ground, and your spoon and fork everywhere. You pay your bill, you pay your, not tithe, tip, your tip, not tithe, your tip. I try to think about the word, your tip. And you walk away, you don't have to wash dishes. Some people, some Christians treat the church as a restaurant or as a hotel. They come in, get free food, listen to the good preaching, they get up, walk away, never even pay one penny. Never even get involved in finances to build the church. Never pull up sleeve and carry the chair, sweep the floor, help in the worship team, go to the care group and do anything. They just come and be a taker and be a sucker. But never give out. That is not a biblical idea. The family is a place of sharing responsibility. You come in, you share responsibility. You get involved. Give to one another. Not just come in to take a only. Don't have a poverty mentality and poor me mentality. Self-pity. Oh, I'm just a poor person. I lost my job. These people need to treat me well. No, please. If you have that mentality, you will never rise up because you stay low all the time. You need to come in and say, God is going to use me. I lost my job. God is going to give me a new job and I can give and I can bless people. I'm going to be the giver here. Amen. If you have that mentality, God is going to bless you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone say the church is a family. Everyone say commitment. Everyone say responsibilities. Amen. Let's do that together. Amen. From now on in year 2013, let us build the church together. Make this church to be the church that when God looked from heaven, He will smile and say, I'm so happy with this church. This is the real church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the real family of God. And this is the real holy bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want God to put his thumb up and so happy with a New Hope International Church. Amen. Let's build a church together in Seattle and all over the world. Let's help each other. Let's get involved. Don't be the church hopper anymore. Don't be just a consumer and pew warmer anymore. You're going to be the body builder. Pull up your sleeve and you say, I'm going to build the church. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I want to tell you, if you take care of God's business, building the church, he will take care of your business. I take care of God's business here. He take care of my medical business. He has been taking care of my medical practice all these years because I take care of his church. I never outgive God. The favor of God is upon me. The goodness of God flow into my life because I serve the church. Amen? It will pay off. Everyone say it will pay off. Let's build the church. Amen. And I set a good example to you 
by being a neurosurgeon without getting paid. Definitely, one day I'll become full time. The church will pay me. But I have been doing this for twenty something years for the purpose of setting good example to the church that you can build a church without being a full time pastor. Get paid for the church from the church, but you can work in your job and still pour out your life to build the house of God, like me and Pastor Da. I want to set good example to you that building the church is not a profession, but it's a lifestyle, it's a dedication, it's a call of God, and we can do that no matter what. It's a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah! Let's sing this song together. I love this family of God. Hallelujah! Let's stand up, and I love you with the love of the Lord. This family of God, to one, they're taking me into the heart. I'm so glad to be a part of this great family. I love this family of God. So close. Let's show our hand together. To one, they're taking me into to the your heart. So glad, glad to be a part of this great family. I love you with the love. I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. I see within you the glory of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. Let me say one thing quickly. Some of you may come from a broken home. Some of you may come from the family that your parents never show love to you. I come from a Chinese family. My dad and my mom did not know how to show love to me. They never hugged me. But you know, my real dad is in heaven. And I find the real love in the church. I want to encourage you: forget about the past negative experience in your family. We can start again in this family. Love one another. We're gonna be a parents to the new people, and we're gonna receive the love in this house. Let's sing this song one more time. I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. I see within you the glory of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. Sing one more time. Turn to the person next to you. Love of the Lord. I loved you with the love of the Lord. I see within you the glory of the Lord. I loved you with the love of the Lord. Again, I loved you with the love of the Lord. I loved you with the love of the Lord. I see within you the glory of the Lord. I loved you with the love of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pastor Dan, I love all of you very much. You are our family. We are not doing this church just because we don't have anything else to do. We love you. We do this because we love you. Father, bless this church. 
Pour out your blessing upon every family, every child, every baby, every household. <laughs> In 2013, Lord, your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your blessing shall increase. More and more in every house in this church, Lord. Yes, Lord, we bless them. Pour out your blessing upon them, Father. Those who are sick shall be healed, Lord. The need shall be met by you, Lord. The goodness of God shall be revealed in their life, Lord. Their home shall be the Garden of Eden, Lord. Yes, Lord, blessing of Abraham. In the name of Jesus, their kids shall love the Lord. No young children in this house shall backslide. They all will love God and serve the Lord all the days of their life, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. See within you the glory of the Lord. You with the love of the Lord. Go and hug and greet and bless and say I love you to many people around you. Those who you never know before, go and smile to them and bless them and say I love you. Love you. Thank you for being. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To a more gathered in your name. 